This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the In This League Fantasy Podcast Network. In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Online at InThisLeague.com. Now, here's your hosts, Bogman and the Welsh. What's up, friendos? Welcome in to the In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Today on the episode, joining the illustrious Scott Bogman, the glorious Chris Welsh, is the immaculate Derek Carty, the creator, the boss man, the in like if if projections were Super Mario, he would be uh it's Bowser. a me yeah. mario it, yeah it's yeah say the other line there Vox. <laughs> one of the funniest bits we ever saw uh with uh pedro pascal but no he would be the bowser of it all at the end of the day sometimes a bad guy too sometimes Derek will play the bad guy on there uh he's the end game the creator Derek cardi creator of bat x is going to be on with us talking about projections talking about everyone picking fights with him about projections and uh, overall, some players that he likes. I think you guys are going to dig the episode today. We always do it differently. I kind of wanted to do the ATC and Cardi one again, but I feel like we need separation between doing that. Um, and we do that again next year. But, you know, congratulations to ATC for like three straight years being the number one on the projection side, though they are an aggregate. And Derek for three straight years being the singular of all of the projection systems winning again. So we're talking about big brain stuff here, Boggs, with yeah. just a couple of dummies. Nah, yeah, that is very in a very accurate description of what is going to be going on today. Uh, we will be talking to a smart guy. He even says fancy math, which I thought was hilarious uh, for, for us. You know, yeah. uh, that's, uh, I mean, probably what he does for everyone, but specifically for us. Let's just probably down, specifically. You know. Look, you look at our faces and you're like, nah, fellas, let's not talk about math. <laughs> let's talk about I mean, something a little stupider <laughs> you know what good assumption probably yeah. correct so yeah, it's a pretty astute if you think that way you're like all right you, you might be on it uh so that's what we got on the episode today friends if you guys want to come and hang out with us uh you can over at underdog fantasy because that is a sponsor of this today's podcast promo code itl if you go and use that you will get a 100 percent match on your first deposit of up to 100 dollars when you do so, you will also, if you show us that you made the deposit in the month of February, you will be in the running to win an ITL hat. We are going to give away a hat to one person on our Monday Twitch, twitch.tv slash in this league. We did a live uh, underdog best ball, which you can go back and watch. We also spun the wheel for the winner in January who won two shirts and it was 
Joel, Josh, I think it was Cygnus. Cygnus was Josh. the one that won. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cygnus won. And uh, he is getting an exclusive not available to purchase t-shirt. And he actually, he made a uh, trade with me. He said, how about this? I give you the difference to get a hoodie. I want a hoodie. And nice. uh, how does that work? And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. So he's going to be taking that home. This month, you can win a hat. Plus, you're going to get the deposit bonus. You can play all the awesome games they've got. They've got big, big game ones with huge prizes up there. You can check out. They've got single small contests. If you want to just dip your toe into a whole bunch, that low is $3. You can go and check them out today. It's easy. It's easy to download and it's accessible in more places that you think. Go to Underdog Fantasy and you can play with us on Mondays on our Twitch. We're going to be doing best balls via Underdog. So go and sign up today. You're supporting us when you do so. And maybe you can win some sweet, sweet cash. Go and do it today. Promo code ITL. Do it, my friends. There's no reason not to do it. Was there anything you think we didn't cover with Cardi that you wish we did? Like, uh, did you grill him? Do you, you think we grilled him enough? I mean, I, I, you know, I. it's funny that you mentioned that because I feel like in this show that I can be combative about projections because I'm like, I you know, I was being more combative in this. Interview. I think, but I think that's what Cardi gets by having projections. I think that's what, uh, you know, Ariel too. Like if you put out something, you're going to have people questioning it. So just know that we're not trying to be combative. We're not trying to like make a statement. We're just asking questions about the process. Yeah. And when a number stands out, that's what we're asking. I do feel like the last couple seasons, uh, maybe I've been a little more aggressive than I should have been. So, you know, um, I think you've I chilled this year. You last year I felt was one of your peak progression, uh, projection aggression years uh, <laughs> where you were like pretty hardcore. I feel like you you were less about it. I but, think the only one that maybe we didn't get to would be like, why is Jeff McNeil hitting 15 points? Like he had Jeff McNeil hitting 15 points below, I believe steamer and ATC and dude just won a batting title. Like I know he hit 250 in 2021. So like, you know, the number, I think the number he right has there. him at is 273. So like he had a massive swing up, but he's a career 300 hitter. So yeah. that's the only question I think that we didn't get to in the time that we had with Cardi. Well, it's interesting. Uh, you, you guys are going to get like a, you're going to get an idea. This is an hour of um, Bogman and I just kind of going back and forth with Cardi. You maybe you'll understand projections more. You'll kind of under the understand maybe some of the reasoning behind it. And you're going to get some names that stand out. It's funny you say that too, because it, it is an unfortunate side effect sometimes, especially definitely in what he does. I was I was just talking about. I mean, this. but that's what anybody does. You know, you put out rankings, Welsh people. Well, no, that's literally what I was going to. That's oh, yeah, yeah. What I was, that's, <laughs> that is what I was transitioning into. It's like I'm coming off of first off the craziest day that I have had in podcasting, and I don't even know how long. I five it's hours of not moving. It would, dude. It was. I did my first episode of Rates and Barrels, which you guys can listen to. I immediately did an athletic football podcast with Funson and Seeley. I immediately, when that ended, went and did an episode of Fantasy Pros, which you guys should check out. It's a great episode with Spore, myself, and Pizapia. And then I immediately went to Yumi and Cardi. And that was like back to back to back to back. And in the same token, um, my fantasy, uh, my dynasty list uh, unleashed on The Athletic. And I was telling you, I was like, boy, of all the things I'm doing, like I'm not great with like 
mean people. You know what I mean? Like it just affects me. Like I'll, I'll dish it back and stuff like that. And I know the mute button. I'm very familiar with it and the block button, but like, I just don't do that. That's not my world. I'm not out there to like, you know, take Getting on, like there's, on pe- Twitter. there's people that like that stuff and I'm just not into that. That's not my thing. You're like, some of the guys you do like to see when other people are doing it, but you don't love like to, do to watch out. I don't yeah. want to be a part of it. Like <laughs> I don't do like what like cross and some of them do where it's like every day. It's like three tweets about a guy and all of his stats and stuff like that. And what that does is that kind of opens you up to more stuff. So I, I'm kind of a little bit more insulated. And I was like, God, man, <clears throat> the, the ranks on the athletic open enough within the first like 10 minutes there were already three comments. And I was, and I dared look and I won't go back. The first one couldn't have been nicer. was just like, this is uh, great. You know, you're, this is awesome. This is amazing. Wow. And I'm like, that's really cool. The third one was kind of like a, Hey, just saw something, but great job. And I'm like, okay, that's totally cool. The second one wasn't as bad as it could be, but it was just like, how could Marcelo may tell me how Marcelo Mayer couldn't be that far away from Jordan Lawler. This is ridiculous. And I was just like, okay, like that's, I felt like I got out of that pretty clean because it could have been a lot worse and the negativity that's out there. And that's just what happens. I can't imagine running a projection system. Ranks are one thing. Ranks are a problem. You're always going to get people. Eric Cross, I see, gets just so much negativity when he puts it out. And he does such a great job. And there's just so many, because he's you know bigger following and he just has all that. That negativity stuff is so vile. And Cardi definitely is susceptible to it by having one of the most popular of what can be a very device. Well, it's most thing. accurate. Like you, you can, you can crap on it if you want. It's the most accurate yeah. by, by the, the standards of projections, his hitting the bad X is the best. And, and you know, he talks to us about this. He's working on the bad X for pitchers, uh, maybe next year. So, Sounds so, wild. you know, yeah. you know, it, it's a lot of stuff goes into it and it's not like people think, Oh, well, he just hates rookies, you know, uh, or whatever they make, the, they make an overarching statement about, uh, something in his process and you know he explains that to us and, and it, it's uh you know just thankful that that he is that he comes on after he puts yeah. these numbers out i think if i did this it'd be kind of something like i'm gonna release it you See all ya. can fight about it and i'm done you yeah know have I mean? fun like, exactly yeah. that's how i feel about my rank sometimes it's just like you to keep it to yourself like argue to yourself about it like, I, like it's just fine if you feel that way like in my post about my article today i was like here are my dynasty ranks love it or hate it not my call. Like that's what I put, <laughs> I put in my tweet. It's not my call. Um, but Cardi's a good sport about it. He's, he's great in conversation. I think you guys are going to like, we talk about, uh, he had a little controversy with Julio Rodriguez this year. We talk about rookies. We talk about the most overrated and underrated players, which are going to be fascinating. And I think you guys are going to dig a whole lot of it. Uh, if you guys want to support ITL, I know you do in this league.com. That's the number one place. Those dynasty lists that I did just put up at the athletic, it is awesome, and I will do updates for them. But you want the constant updates, you got to be over here at InThisLeague.com. As a matter of fact, this week, I'm just so behind. Uh, the prospect and dynasty list is coming because the redraft list was updated. We did all the redraft. My dynasty list is done, and I just got to finish up the prospects, so it'll be the next day or two. You can get Bogman and myself. Bogman's list is out. Uh, redraft, dynasty is coming with prospects only at InThisLeague.com on the Patreon. Plus, you can be a part of the group me rooms. We will, um, you know, send direct messages about uh, underdog drafts or mock drafts or whatever the hell we're doing in our universe. We kind of put it all there and we appreciate the people that support us. So if that's your thing, come and check us out. We'd love to have you. If it's not all good, uh, keep listening to the episode because I think you're going to enjoy it. So let's do it right now. It's Derek Cardi on Twitter at Derek Cardi, the creator 
of the bat and the bat X. We're talking projections. We're doing it right after this. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's in this league. Got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. What are electrolytes? Do you even know? It's what they used to make. In this league. I'm the smartest guy in the world. Says who? IQ test you took in prison. Brought to you by Carl's Jr. (laughs) And very happy to welcome back on the show, Mr. Derek Cardi, the creator of The Bat, The Bat X on Twitter, at Derek Cardi. This is a weird convoluted thing because it was like ATC was voted number one. It is, but it's an aggregate system. And the number one singular projection system, I believe for like multiple years now, is Derek Cardi's The Bat X. Derek, welcome to the show, my friend. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. This is always a fun one to do every offseason. Yeah, we do it every single year. Now, did I say that correctly? Is that how it's viewed? Because ATC um, is, it's an aggregate system, so it's different than your singular system. Right, exactly. You know, ATC takes systems like the Bad X, Akoda, Steamer, kind of averages them all together um, and usually winds up, you know, being a little more accurate because that's just how aggregating works. But in terms of the systems that drive ATC, the systems that are actually projecting the players, you know, from the ground up, uh, the Bad X has been the most accurate for several years in a row, which is really nice. Yeah, it's actually like three. I think it's like a. This is yeah, like I mean, it's only straight. been in existence for three years, and every year it's been it's been the best. <laughs> Boom. Continuously, bit. I mean, you've been adjusting and and modeling new. Can you do me a favor? I know you do this every single year. But people kind of come and go. We, we one time a long time ago, we did this really funny episode. It'd be funny to go back and listen to where we had our uh, our friend Rob Silver on and we were talking about projections. And I've cited this multiple times where Rob essentially in the episode was like, here's my best suggestion. Don't do them because like all the projection systems <laughs> out there at this point pretty much do the best type of job you can get. So doing your own is silly. And we've kind of moved from there to talking to we had one year where you and Ariel were on and we've kind of gone back and forth. But the familiarity people still might not have with what goes into the bat or the bat X, obviously. So can you explain um, how it's all kind of modeled together and what you do into it? Because this is it's there's a lot more than like what you might see in like steamer and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a lot of fancy math, so I'm not going to get too deep into it, but it's a lot of fancy math. It's the kind of stuff that you know, major league teams are doing in their front offices, you know, at at its, at its core, the the most basic components are you're accounting for multiple years of data. Uh, You're accounting for sample size variance. You know, you're regressing to the mean based on how big of a sample size you have to work with. You're accounting for aging curves. Guys get better or worse as they get older. 
Um, you're counting for minor league data and translating it into a major league context. You're counting for a whole bunch of different contextual factors, parks, weather, umpires, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and then the bat X, you know, uh, I said, has been around for three years. The bat has been around for longer, the classic version of it, but X has been around for three years and it incorporates stack cast data. Um, you know, barrels, launch angles, exit velocity, sprint speed, different variations of all of those, you know, chopped up in different ways to find, to find meaning and value. Uh, so that's kind of the, the easiest way to kind of explain it, but, uh, it's a bunch of fancy math that, you know, does pretty well. <laughs> Yeah, that we wouldn't even understand. We'd just be it's like, numbers, fancy numbers. Math, the, the ones that what they put letters in, Welsh. That's <laughs> is there, there's kind of been, there's like always this new advent of um, like CSW kind of came on, uh, you know, recently and, and people are continuously, I, I noticed like adjusting like Wobas and Sierras and stuff like that. Has there been any thought in your mind about anything that you are maybe looking or just did add or maybe even something as far as what you've been doing in the projections that maybe hasn't really played too much of a role that you might consider taking out or have taken out. Does that make sense how I'm asking that? Like additions and subtractions to the bad X? Yeah. So I wouldn't say there's been any major changes this off season aside from just, you know, we have three parks that have changed their dimensions. We have these new rule changes with the, the shifts and the pitch clock and the, the oh. base sizes and all that. So that's not in the projections yet. I'm still working on that. They'll be in pretty soon. Uh, aside from that, there's really no big um, formulaic changes. I am developing though. Right now, the bad X is only for hitters. And then we just still have the bat classic for pitchers because there's really not a lot of stack cast data that goes into the original version of the bat for pitchers. Um, there's some velocity for fastballs. There's some spin rate for fastballs a little bit in there, but it's not as comprehensive as it should be. So what I'm working on now, I'm working with a machine learning company to help me really build this this awesome model um, that will account for a pitcher's stuff. Essentially, nice. you know, we have stuff. You know, I've been I've been working on this for I don't know six or seven years now, and it's just <laughs> has not gotten done yet. There's always other things to do, things that have gotten in the way, hurdles, but whatever. Uh, now we do have public things like Stuff Plus, like you know, I think there's some other ones out there like that. Um, but essentially, this is what I've been building for a while. It's what I want to make. Um, what I think the next big upgrade to the bad X is going to be is accounting for stuff. And I think the way that I'm building it uh, and the things that I'm incorporating, uh, I hope I think is going to be kind of the top of the line best that's out there. Um, once it's ready. Yeah. Cause I think, Eno Eno is doing like, he has like location plus stuff plus mm -hmm. and uh, I'm forgetting pitching what plus, I think pitching yeah. plus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and it's, I think it's what pitching plus is like pitch plus is like the combo of stuff and uh, location plus it's like an aggregate one. So, I mean, that's always the difficulty of putting like all these together. Can I ask you, and sorry, I'm dominating this box. Um, no, I'm, I'm throwing this at you and I, and I know you're working on it. The two that jump out to me, I'm very curious. And even if it's just your take on it, or maybe any early thing you've seen, I'm curious at a, what you might or might theoretically be seeing on the model with the base changes. We know we're going to have about four and a half inches on uh, combining both sides of either uh, first to second or second to third that's in there and what type of, well, let's start with there. Are you seeing early on as you're kind of working through this or anticipating um, the stolen base increase that many of us are speculating? Because the numbers, the bad X doesn't, I don't think really show currently a big increase in stolen bases based on some individual players. Right. And, and it's not accounting for, for the rule changes yet. So 
Uh, I am anticipating there to be a pretty significant impact with it. You know, we did see these rule changes go into effect in the minor leagues last year. And based on what we saw in the minors, it does look like steals are going to go up, whether it's because of the base sizes or I think more likely because of the pitch clock. Um, I think we're going to see uh, guys run more. Now, whether that's a linear effect, we're just kind of like everybody runs a little bit more or whether certain types of players are, are more likely to run than others. That's the kind of stuff I want to dig in, dig into more, but I do think we're going to see more stolen bases this year. So, so like, how are you accounting for it? Like, is there any type of statistic, like, how are you going to account for it in like the bat X when you're running this? I mean, this might be what you're literally working on right now. So I'm not trying to uh, catch you on it before you've even gone there. But like, if you, if you're seeing a theoretical, are you going to maybe just account for a percentage up on an overall tick or are you going to give maybe higher percentages to the higher stolen base attempted play i mean like how do you think that is going to quantify from a numbers perspective when we start to look at like guys like ronald acuna you know we can have five more stolen bases um guys that we theor- are going to theorize are going to run more maybe like corbin carroll's of the world rookies would we see him go from projected 16 to 20 uh, what do you think that looks like yeah so the big caveat is that Nobody actually knows. All we can do is, is form our best guess based yeah. on the best information we have and and hope that it works out. Um, so I'm going to be basing it a lot on what we saw in the minors last year. I'm running some studies on what we saw in the minors, what that effect looks like, and then kind of a general translation of that to to the majors this year, maybe with a little bit of you know regression or something baked in just because for the uncertainty factor. Um, and I will probably study... Um, you know, in the minors, were there certain types of players? Did faster players steal at a higher rate than other players? You know, do they get a bigger bump than than other guys? That kind of thing. And uh, so I really I think there's gonna be either one of two ways that the bat is gonna account for it. It's just gonna be kind of a league-wide boost, uh, or there is going to be kind of buckets of player types that will see different levels of boost depending on what actually happened in the minors, which I don't know. And do we, when do you think that release is going to drop? People can expect that to, that'll be reflected in the bad X. Um, I'm hoping within two or three weeks, but we got to okay. see. Yeah. I mean, so by March, that's going to be good. I, I got a question about like news that we get right now or when trades happen, things like that, like Luisa rise getting moved, Pablo, uh, you know, going to, to Minnesota, that type of stuff. Is that stuff that you do by hand? Do you switch their team and position? Like, how how do, how does that get accounted for in a projection system like you have? Yeah, so that's all automated. Um, in terms of the context of it, he's going to a different park. He's facing different competition, that kind of thing. Um, it's all automated. So the feed, okay. the, you know, the bats feed says, okay, well, he was on the Marlins. Now he's on the Twins. Um, you know, this is kind of the set of factors that should be applied for the Twins as opposed to the Marlins. Now he's getting these factors instead. Uh, in terms of playing time, I don't do playing time. I just take okay. it from uh, Fangraphs depth charts and an ATC. So gotcha. whatever they change the playing time to, that's what the bat will reflect as well. You're muted. I am muted. Um, the last one before we get into like the questions that we had designed for you was based around one of the other things you said, and, and it might be a similar question answered like the stolen bases i'm just curious about uh curious about the ballpark factor specifically the tigers one and i think there's been a lot of like debate amongst people about like how you know there's portions that are coming in and then there's portions that are going up and what type of an effect that's going to have like the orioles were really interesting i want to give a lot of like extra credit 
to um, like Ryan Mountcastle for having, I think, the highest uh, home run to expect a home run differential in all of baseball, except three of the top 10 in baseball last year were all Orioles, uh, Mancini, Santander and him. And that kind of, that's a correlation where you're like, well, obviously, this park is suppressing homers at a bigger rate and maybe it's not so much and causation. Yeah, it's right. So much the underlying stuff, though, I still think it goes <clears throat> with Mountcastle. The same thing, I think, is being theorized with like Detroit specifically and is this an advantage for Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson? So I guess all I'm asking is, based off of whatever you've even done at this point, do you think there's going to be a positive home run outcome from the dimensions that have changed in uh, Detroit? Or do you think it's going to be null and void because of the height of the wall change as well? Yeah, so I have looked at these adjustments a little bit already. It does look like there's going to be uh, more home runs in Detroit this year. It looks like the park factor itself in terms of overall run scoring, it's going to be offset a little bit by some other things. So it's not going to be like a huge difference for pitchers, but for power hitters, I do think we can see potentially a few more home runs. Again, we're just estimating we're doing our best. Like last year with Baltimore, um, I I wrote a Twitter thread. I did some conference presentations. Like I talked a lot about how it was going to be a big deal. It was, I projected it to go from one of the most Homer friendly parks in baseball to a neutral park, which is gigantic. Uh, and I, I actually, like I undershot it. Like it, it went from being an extreme home run park to, you know, a pretty extreme, you know, home run suppressing park essentially. So there's wide error bars. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. It's possible I'm under or overshooting the tigers. You know, maybe I'm seeing, you know, just a decent little rise and it winds up being a massive rise. Like who knows, but based on kind of historically what we've seen with parks, moving fences, um, I, I do think we're going to see a boost in Detroit, but it's not going to, it's not going to be a hitter's park. At least I don't have it projected that way. Um, I, do, it's going to be it, less, less suppressing than it used to be. Do you think it's going to be like wide round? Cause like I'm looking here, like bad X has Torkelson at 16 homers, Riley green at 13 homers. Um, oh, the Riley green ones like, <laughs> do you think it's going to be like an overarching one or, or it might be like very specific. I'm just curious, like, cause I know you probably haven't run the numbers yet. Like does Torque get to 20 homers? Is Riley green going to push to closer to 20 homers in this ballpark? Or is it just kind of minimalistic? I don't think it's going to be anything that extreme. No. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. That, actually, that's all the answer you need. Cause I think that kind of really tells people like in building in the hype and excitement that you're going to get, um, you know, how far is that going to go? Okay. So those are some completely off the topic sheet stuff, but Derek is so great at doing this uh, off the cuff. So now we get to get in the good stuff. Like when Derek fights with people online, my favorite thing, <laughs> <laughs> we were joking about this off air. It, I don't know how it's happened, but three straight years that you've been on, there's been something like three years ago, it was the Tatis thing. Uh, the projecting Tatis, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then before, humidor. maybe that was four years ago. Yeah, maybe it was a humidor. Yeah, I think it was a humidor last year. I think it's 100% what it was. And then this year, we're back to players. It's Julio Rodriguez. So <clears throat> I saw a I saw a tweet, and we'll, we'll just straight get into it so you can have this conversation. And this is great context because this gives us better context than just talking about the projected players stuff. Uh, Michael Salvino, Salfino, uh tweeted out, Essentially, like it's Julio Rodriguez at one, and I don't know what else we're talking about. And long story, the the thread gets in. Derek is involved. Uh, Rob is involved. There's a lot of involvement in there. In that, you are lower on Julio Rodriguez uh, based on the projections than 
not even the number one overall, but top five. So you can obviously explain to it. You had a lot of interesting points in the thread and it was it's, it's a funny fantasy. It's a classic fantasy thread in general. <laughs> but the consensus argument from it is that not only is Julio, Julio Rodriguez not number one uh, based on your projections, but it doesn't look like he's even a top five player for the most part. Um, the bat X has progressed him down in three of the five fantasy categories uh, runs and RBI are a little bit up off of what he did last year, I believe, but the rest are um, ticks down. And I know that doesn't sit well in some. So talk to us about, you know, the young guy not being the number one overall player and this whole funny thread. Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked a lot about young players and rookies when I've been on this show, like the whole Tatis thing was about that. Like a lot of times rookies and young players just aren't as good as people want them to be. Like they, they bust very frequently. Uh, we do have almost a full season of Julio Rodriguez in the majors uh, where he was very, very good. But I still think this is a lot of just kind of the young rookie hype and and dreaming on what he can be. You know, Salfino sees, okay, well, historically he he had a season, his rookie season was like Mike Trout and like Albert Pujols and like whatever. And he's like, well, of course he's just going to keep getting better based off that. But a projection system is going to be objective about it. It's not going to be swayed by the sexiness of his age and his rookie season. It's going to say, okay, well, historically, when we see a guy do this, well, they tend to get on average a little bit worse their next year. Uh, that's just the way it is. Uh, and that's not to say that projections dislike Julio Rodriguez or that the bat dislikes Julio Rodriguez. The bad thing is Julio Rodriguez is the 12th best hitter in Major League Baseball right now after less than a full season in the majors. That's a big deal for a young guy. That's actually a really, really good projection. Like it does not dislike Julio Rodriguez. It likes him a lot. It just doesn't think he's the number one guy in fantasy. No questions asked. It thinks he should be in the conversation for number one. but it doesn't think he's definitely number one and it doesn't think he's in any sense number one. I think it has him more like, I don't know, 10th or something. And if you look at other projection systems, I looked at steamer, I looked at zips, I looked at AC, ATC, none of them run them through the Fangraphs auction calculator. Not one of them has Julio in the top five. So here's what I find is really interesting about this because now I'm forgetting where, Oh, we are having it with uh, John Legaza where, um, we talked about Bobby Witt Jr. And a tough thing, ironically, by the way, is Bobby Witt, from a public perception, isn't getting the like he can improve tag. And a lot of people think he's going to regress. And Julio Rodriguez is getting the this is just the start. Now, here's what's funny. The Bad X is projecting three of the five categories higher than he performed last year. And this is a rookie. So I'm curious that like, where do you think the differences lie? I mean, their project Baddox is projecting more homers, more runs, only two less RBI. The stolen bases are less, which will be funny when you run your stolen base number, if that goes and the batting average is higher. So, you know, this is one of those things where you kind of can't actually just throw Cardi hates all rookie type of conversation in because Bobby Witt's projected higher in three of the five categories where Julio Rodriguez is projected lower in three of the categories. So what, where, where do you think the difference lies in Bobby Witt and Julio Rodriguez? I'm actually surprised. I, I kind of just, I've been so involved, like in the process of making the projections. I haven't looked at every player yet. I am shocked that the battle <laughs> likes Bobby Witt as much as it does. We found one. 
um, yeah, because it wasn't big on him last year. And even though for fantasy, like he was good, he stole 30 bases, hit 20 home runs. Um, he had a 311 Woba, which was probably around where the bat had him projected, where I think a lot of systems had him more like 330, 340, 350, um, like a legitimately good hitter. And last year, Bobby Witt was not a legitimately good hitter. He was like an average major league hitter who did well for fantasy. His his what he did well skewed towards our game. Um, but yeah, it, the the bat X is seeing major improvements for him this year, which is going to be partially age based, maybe partially based on his stack cast stuff. I haven't looked at it, but I do think that's really interesting point that you make about him. Yeah, it's just it's it's funny because it's like uh, you know you could there's an easy thing you could throw like oh the rookie thing and and because I do think it's tough Derek that like these projection systems are not to to I guess uh, semi go on like what Salfino was talking about in th- in theory here is that these projection systems are not really built to build up these type of guys with huge progression off of one season of data, right? So it's like, your argument is, hey, listen, this is what we got. This is the data that we have. It's limited. This is incredible what he did, but to project higher off of this, I don't even, like what would have, I guess I'm, I'm trying to formulate the question as I go. It's like, these systems are not really built to do this, correct? And what would it take for them to, far, a guy like Julio, to far surpass those projections like what Salfino or many people actually want out of him? Yeah, it's not necessarily that the projections aren't built to do that. It's not like they're incapable of it. It's that they see so they see every historical player essentially and they see okay, when guys have one good year like this, even if they're young guys, even if they're they're, you know, highly touted guys and they do something really good like this and you look at what all the guys that are sim- kind of similar to that have done historically, some of them get better, but most of them get worse. And it kind of almost it's it's simplifying the process, but it, it almost just takes the average of that and says, okay, well, if 20% of them get better and 80% of them get worse, I'm gonna expect them all to get a little bit worse because that's you know, if I were to make the same bet on every single one of them, if you could either bet under or over and you bet under on every single one of them, I'd much rather win eight and lose two than try to find those outlier guys that you know, know. And, and then wind up losing on on more of them. Does it tear them at all? Like when you're talking about this, is this like, are, is this saying that it blankets all players in their first year or does it put them in banks of like elite level production and the type of return that comes off of elite? Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Like, like Salvino was like, like are there certain like, markers that players can hit that they would then get a boost in the second year? Is that, or they'd be in their own saying? tier. No, like they'd be in their own tier. Like, like his argument was, Hey, look at a rod and trout. Like, are they being weighted? solely against guys in their same kind of uh production juncture or is it against like all guys at that age level that have ever produced does that make sense how i'm saying that yeah so it depends on the projection system you're looking at and and because of just the way projection systems are designed it's never as like as simple as we can explain it in, in words um you know a projection system like pakoda or i think zips you know they'll they'll actually use specific player comparisons uh, so for them, I would think they're the ones that are doing that the most. But it's worth noting, Zips doesn't like Julio Rodriguez either, um, at least not as the number one pick kind of guy. Um, the bat doesn't quite do that, but it does different things to kind of capture that effect a little bit. Yeah, uh, Zips, by the way, uh, 31, well, 31 homers, uh, 30 stolen bases, uh, but a decrease, lowest actually of all the batting averages at 270. 
is on zips right now. Uh, pretty good runs in RBI. It's a little bit higher than the bat X on numbers, but um, yeah, it, it still would be in question about like how far that would go as the number one. It's an interesting debate. Um, last one, I mean, because I've done so much of this in Boggs, you'll get this next great question. Yeah, I know, I know. Is if you had to take Julio Rodriguez at five or Bobby Witt at 15, who would you want, Derek? Uh, I'd probably take Julio Rodriguez at five, but I'm probably not taking either in those spots. Okay. Yeah, okay. no, I, I know you weren't taking either, but if we had to pin you down, it's essentially like mid first round Julio or second round, even mid second round. Does that change anything? Mid second round Bobby Witt, is it still Julio? I mean, it's still early. I haven't done a lot of prep yet, but I just off the cuff, I would think it's Julio. Even though the Bat X, technically breaking news, loves Bobby Witt. It's his favorite player, and it projects it higher. I just want everyone to know that. So, uh, so let's let's get the youth out of the way here, Cardi, and let's talk about rookies uh, for this season. You know, uh, the, the yearly trope that we talk about. Corbin Carroll uh, on the Bat X, 12 homers, 16 stolen bases, five less homers, and two less stolen bases in ATC. Not a shocker based on steamer. Gunnar Henderson, 15 homers, six stolen bases, four less homers, and two less stolen bases than ATC. And also, I mean, just overall in rookies in their rookie season. And I know, um, I don't know if this is still the marker. You can correct me if I if I am making this mistake, but I know that with young players in what um evaluators see, they want to see 900 plate appearances from a player to really know who they are, which is what I think, you know taking a second year guy like Julio, like Witt, you kind of see the strong start for the really good players, then the slump down and then the adjustment back up, which is why you want that 900 at bats. Cause you could really get peaks and valleys in there. So I understand it's difficult. Um, but you know, we saw value in rookies last year. So I want to know a couple things. Do you like these numbers that, that you see from the bad X from some of these rookies? Uh, and, in practicality, when you're drafting, are you taking upside on these players still in your drafts? Or are you saying, eh, they're rookies. I would rather take something I know and uh, I'll get my upside on other players. Uh, so a couple questions in there, but I'll let you kind of roll with it. The lower numbers on the rookies, rookies overall, and then what you do in your drafts. Yeah, I mean, it's no secret. It, it's kind of, you know, everybody's refrain that, that projections hate rookies and sure. the, bat, the bat usually hates them more than, than other <laughs> systems, especially steamer. Like steamer always is, seems like kind of one of the highest on rookies. The bat's always one of the lowest and I'm fine with that. I mean, at the end of the year, the, you know, the accuracy tests always turn, turn out fine. Yeah. Um, like it is what it is. Like, I don't know, maybe that is a subset of players that the bat is weak on. I, it's something I've been meaning to look at has never been a big enough priority. Uh, because it just anecdotally, like it seems like it's working fine. Like, yeah, rookies bust a lot. Like we talked about this before, but like even elite rookies, they they bust their first year all the time. Like go back the last ten years, Wonder. there's so many of them: Byron Buxton, Yuan Moncada, Dansby Swanson, Jared Kellenick. Like they're all over the place, and you occasionally get, uh, you know, an Acuna, a Tatis. Like they happen, uh, but more often than not, they bust, or at least are just kind of like meh. And so I'm fine projecting them that way. You know, I'm, I'm fine with it. Uh, it's going to depend a little bit on the format. I don't play NFBC where you really want to hit those ceiling outcomes because you have hundreds of teams to beat. I, I play in leagues where I have to beat 12 teams. You know, I, I play mostly <laughs> at NL only leagues. Um, when I have to beat 12 teams, I don't need to take a shot on 
on a rookie that I have to overpay five or $10 for. Like, that's not for me. I'll, I'll take the boring veterans and I'll make my value and I'll finish towards the top of the league most years. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, let me ask you something on that. Because last year was, I think, a little bit more of an anomaly. Did... I'm lightly asking this, but like, did the accuracy still hold up like as more most as usual? Um, just because like I, I no projection system could have got Julio and Bobby Witt correct. No. Now, those are only two players. I don't know how many rookies were actually projected, um, but I kind of think like in the grand scope of like, again, maybe tiering those top ones beat everybody. It's not one person singled out, but like because of them, is there a little bit of an anomaly factor that maybe the accuracy overall was like less than usual years? I'm not saying like Tatis would have done that, but this year specifically, those two seem like such freaking outliers. Did it hold up as normal? Honestly, I'm not sure. I'm not overly concerned though. Like two guys are not going to sway things that much. Like the bat is going to fold in the newest data. It's always going to be considering it. So it'll probably move it a smidge. But even, I mean, even Witt, again, I kind of said it before, he didn't actually have a good year. He had an, a below average Woba. Like he stole bases and hit some home runs. Like great. It's great for fantasy, but it's not like projections really missed on who he was as a hitter. Um, if anything, I think some projections were probably too optimistic. So, you know, again, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really basing anything off it. Yeah, it's a tough. Rookies are the most difficult. You know, they're they're absolutely most difficult to to put across the board on these guys. Like like one thing I think that and there's not a lot of like data outside of what they've been in the minors. But like one thing I think that every single projection system is wrong about is Corbin Carroll stolen base numbers. And I'd also say C.J. Abrams for that degree. But there's still a lot of things that have to come into factor. Diamondbacks didn't typically steal a whole bunch until this past year, but like take top 1% sprint speed on Corbin Carroll, the stolen base numbers he put up in the minors, but you also have to start projecting in playing time and how much and where he is in the lineup. So I get why projection. That's a big thing too, because roster resource right now, uh, and if that's, you know, in terms of playing time, that, that's what Cardi was talking about. Uh, they have him as a platoon player with Kyle Lewis, uh, you know, playing as well. So I know you and I, as Diamondback fans, don't really think that's going to last very long. We think yep. that, you know, maybe a week or two, and then Corbin Carroll's too too good to take off the field. So that could change that up a lot, too, if you just projected him out for more games. So yeah. um, here's some interesting player ones. I'm actually going to bump this one up, box because this is more appropriate for me to ask. Uh, Byron Buxton. Um, Byron Buxton is projected for 130 games by everyone when he hasn't played 100 games since 2017 and only seven full seasons. And Bogman put that only in once here. in seven full seasons. Now, you've already answered this before in that you don't project playing time. Uh, you let ATC do that. So that's probably more of a um, of an ARIO question. But like. This actually would, I would also throw this into like Jacob deGrom, like Jacob deGrom and Byron Buxton, in my mind, have these absurd statistical numbers they put up in shortened stints. 
do you feel uh do you feel all squirmy when you see big <laughs> stats pop up in the bat x from like i mean jacob Degrom in many instances is seen as the number one most valuable pitcher in fantasy and everywhere has him projected at like 120 innings byron buxton on the bat x is projected at 28 homers 10 stolen bases Batting average is 247, which is career low. It's lower than the career, but much higher than last year. Strikeout percentage is going down, and I'm not going to like poke at you about the games because I know you don't project that. But like, I don't know. How do you how do you attest to both of like Degrom and him? I think that are both so uniquely weird. Like, how do you approach them when you look at the, the projection system? Do you just look at the number and just move on and go, okie doke. I'll have zero shares, but those numbers are so wild. I wouldn't even say I'll have zero shares. Um, you know, injuries are tough because everyone is an injury expert, but nobody is a very good injury expert. Um, like we all want to think, all right, well, he's missed all this time. Of course, he's going to keep missing more, but like, we don't know that. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of research. I think Zip, Jeff Zimmerman's the one who's done it the most where like with, with hitter injuries uh, in particular, like unless it's like a chronic thing that, you know, repeats itself, they're really not predictive. And I guess with Buxton, maybe, maybe he does have some chronic he chronically misses games. You're missing it for, for what, you know, an arm injury. Yeah, like yeah, like yeah, if I it's know. all different stuff, then you're just getting unlucky for the most that, part. That's injury prone versus injury plagued. And, and you know, I don't know it. if yeah. you maybe said this before, is that, is there any type of injury thing that's um, put into the bat X? Because I know you don't do the playing time, but, but does that go hand in hand with also not projecting any injuries or caring about it? Uh, I certainly care about it, but I don't project it. Um, again, because with playing time, I'm not, it's just not something I do. I do think the bat loses accuracy. I mean, every projection system does. Nobody does this right now. I would eventually at some point love to actually account for injuries. Okay. Well, this guy was playing hurt last year. And so his numbers, because of what the type of injury was, you know, he probably was underperforming, you know, that kind of thing I'd love to put in there. It's not, um, but it's just, there's, Injuries are so complex. Yeah. Like every, every injury is different. Even if it's the same injury, it's different for every person. Everybody has different conditioning, different physiology, different recovery time, different, different everything. Um, and so it's really tough to account for. Uh, so, I mean, really my answer is just, I just throw my hands up and say, whatever. Do you so think like, that's something that would ever uh, that you would ever adjust for? Like if there's some historical context with like wrist injuries, like you said, every injury for every player is different. Of course, uh, yeah. I'm not arguing that, but I, I'm just saying if there is if you personally saw a connection with like wrist injury and power or wrist injury and average or, or whatever it might be, is that something that might potentially get added? Yeah, it might potentially for sure. Uh, okay. my old excuse used to be, well, we don't really have a good database of, of player injuries, but now I do think there are some out there that okay. people have built. Uh, now my excuse is I just haven't had the time to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, um, last one on this is like, so what do you personally do when you see DeGrom projected, when you see a number, you see 140 innings and obviously, you know, hasn't been healthy and whatnot, but you think about what there is, this is built in. 60 less innings than any, you know, or let's call it 50. If you want to say like 190 is maybe more of the higher upper echelon pitcher. It's building 50 less innings in than the rest of the competition. The most elite K per nine, one of the best ERAs over 200 strikeouts. And it is already built in so much downside. 
what do you do? What do you personally do with Jacob DeGrom when you see the numbers spit out there and you and you obviously understand the game's potential but missed, but also the potential of what could be? Well, I haven't made a decision on what I'm doing with DeGrom yet this year, but I know the bat loves him. And if he gets 140 innings, you are thrilled. Every single person who drafted him is immediately a massive favorite to win their league. Um, because, and I mean, we're going to talk later about, you know, guys that I think are underrated. DeGrom was on my list to talk about. Yeah. Um, like right now, if you run the bad X through Fangraphs' auction calculator, Jacob DeGrom comes out as easily the most valuable pitcher on the board. At If you run it through a, just a normal 15-team league, it says he's worth $45. The next best guy is worth 38 and that's the 13th pitcher off the board. So if you look at the, the actual first pitcher off the board, there's a more than a $10 gap between DeGrom and that guy. And that's at 140 innings. If he throws 200, you're like, you're stacking your money now. Um, Even if he only throws 100 innings though, like with that big of a gap, he can lose a significant amount of those innings and still be the best pitcher in fantasy. So it all depends on cost and your risk tolerance. Obviously he is going to be riskier than other guys, but he's just so much better than everybody else. Like so much better. Like it's not even close that he doesn't even have to get those same innings. And especially if you're playing in a shallower league where you have, you know, uh, you know, good replacement level pitchers that you can pick up off the wire. If you have, you know, an unlimited IL, which, you know, it's always nice where you can just like stash him if he gets hurt, you know, you can replace those innings with other things. It's not like those are blank innings anyway. So if you were to account for the replacement level, instead of $45, he's probably worth like $50, which is just like, you know, it, and it, it all depends on your league. It, it depends on a whole bunch of things. But for me, I'm generally more willing to take a risk like that. Would so, you buy a Powerball or a Scratcher? That's like that. That's what uh, Jacob Degrom is to me. Like you know, you could hit the Powerball here, uh, or do you want to take a Scratcher yeah, and maybe I mean, it up? You know, that that's maybe. Kind of, yeah, I, just because of his. I mean, when he pitches, he is the best. It's not a question. That that's like. That's the one we were talking about Salfino before. It's it's Julio and nobody else. What are we talking about? It's Degrom and nobody else when he's yeah, out. I, I think it's, it's more just, like like Degrom is like high stakes blackjack, and like all the other pitchers are like poker. You know, it's like you can slowly go through and maybe win a big jackpot, but you could put it all down on one hand with Degrom. And um, I don't know. I'm just analogy. like if Degrom, yeah. if you knew Degrom was going to get 200 innings, you would sell your soul to the devil to get the first pick in your draft because he should be the first pick, and it is a massive drop off to. Literally anyone else, hitters included. It's my biggest crutch in fantasy, and it's going to pay off at some point. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, technically, in tout last year, I had that historic run at the end, and it was thanks to DeGrom getting healthy. It was literally, yeah. he got healthy, I won 10 straight weeks. It was absurd. That's just what happened. I never lost, but I lost all the games in the front because he wasn't there. That, like, I can't help myself with players mm. that have exceptional returns even if there are bad risks with it. And that's why I fall into the bucks and things sometimes. It's why I am a total crutch to DeGrom because it's like, yes, we already are building in that he is not going to get me 10 starts or whatever. But what if he does? Like there always is, what if he does? We are assuming, this is the crazy part. He is healthy at this moment and I get it. We are assuming a third or a quarter of his production is gone. But what if it's not? Yeah, what exactly. if it's not? It's and not like last year when we knew he was missing the first part of the year. Like this year, there is a chance he pitches the whole year and that there is a big difference. 
And yeah. I, I do think format makes a big difference too. If you're in a shallow mixed league or, or even any mixed league, I'm much more likely to take a shot on this guy than I would in like an NL only type of league where if you lose him, like you're not replacing him with anything. Yeah. Or like deep, yeah, deeper mixed leagues, like yeah. deeper like 15. I mean, even 15, I probably still am comfortable, but like you get into like bigger, like 16 head to head or things like that. It just gets a little bit more dicey. And I didn't mean to turn this into that. All right, Boggs, uh, what we got next up? Yeah, I, so um, Adolis Garcia, this is a guy that Welsh and I argue about sometimes, but uh, every system has Adolis hitting 235 or lower, but he hit 243 in 2021, 250 last season, and his XBA was 220 in 21, but it's 244 last year. Uh, for his career, he has hit 243. So I'm just kind of wondering, you know, because Bad X has him hitting 232. I don't, I don't know. And this is one player with players like this. And this is a guy that we all based on that stat cast data when his XBA in 2021 was 220. We all expected him to regress and he didn't. Every person did. And he didn't. He played well again this year. Is, is this an outlier guy? Do you find this weird? Are there other players like this too that you see, man, I expected a big dip and it didn't happen do you, you know, I know you probably don't go in, in and hand adjust or anything, but do you like keep an eye on them? Like what, what about guys like this that keep getting, you know, uh, projected lower and then hit again? Like if he hit again, it would kind of be crazy. Yeah. I mean, projections are always going to adjust. So it's going to buy into a more now that he's done this again. Um, it's pretty much buying into the power, like almost entirely. Uh, the batting average is a little bit lower just because a guy with his profile generally does tend to hit for, for a little bit less average. It's not like we're talking anything crazy though. Like we're talking yeah. about 10 or 20 points, depending on what you're looking at. You know, it's, it's a matter of, you know, it projects him to strike out a couple percentage more, you know, it projects a little lower BABIP and that's, that's kind of all we're talking about here. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out and hits 250. Yeah. Dulles is a tough one. Dulles is a tough one in general, but. I just want to just real quick. I want to look and see um, just in general. Once again, we'll ask about your drafting habits and what you do Uh, right now. Adolis is going just below Schwarber Mullins, Robert, and just ahead of Teoscar Corbin and Eloy. Do you think that's about the right range? Would you have him personally lower than that? And is Adolis a guy that you, that you roster on your teams? So I haven't had any drafts this year. Just I'm going to preface it because I haven't. Okay. Um, it looks like ADP wise, he's about the 37th hitter off the board. The bat thinks he should be 52nd more or less. Okay. So it looks like he's a little overrated, but not egregiously so. Like so, if he falls a little further than his ADP, maybe he's a guy I'm looking at. But I'm not going up to the ADP for him. I guess based gotcha. on projection. That's a little bit closer where I have him too. All right. So this is an interesting one then. Um, Bryce Harper. Numbers actually end up being uh, pretty similar um, in all three systems. Um, what what are the systems here, Bog, when you say they're very similar? What are you saying? Like uh, well, ATC? yeah, the systems that I compared all these number two were ATC and Steamer. And yours, okay, and Steamer, that. ATC, and then Bad X. Um, what's your recommendation on him this year? Uh, right now, he's three above, or the three above him, Mount Castle, Chapman, and Brandon Lau. Is this numbers, Boggs, or uh, That's ADP. ADP. So yeah. ADP. Mountcastle, Chapman, and Brandon Lau are going ahead. Rowdy Telez, Javier Baez, Nimmo are below. The and basic the question here is all kind of the same. 
the basic question here is kind of just what we talked about with DeGrom. Is this a guy that even though he is going to miss a big chunk of time, are you still willing to invest in him, uh, you know, knowing that crazy upside that he could have in the second half? It's kind of the same deal uh, as DeGrom just on the hitting side. Yeah, I mean, it's basically the same conversation. Like when he's healthy, he's elite. We know he's going to miss a chunk of time, probably up until the All-Star break this year. And so it's just going to depend on on your risk tolerance, you know, and and more than anything else, league format. In a shallower league, I'm much more likely to roster Harper, stash him, and pick up a decent replacement. In a deeper league, unless he comes at a a bigger, you know, a relatively bigger discount, maybe I'm not as aggressive on him. Interesting. Okay, interesting, because I'm not... One thing I'm trying to shy away from is like, it's one thing if I'm going to be the guy that's going to take guys that are injury prone players that are going in with injuries is something I have very to little, no interest in regardless of like Harper's upside. Yeah, and you I can't will, take I like the bat thinks he's one of the worst values in drafts right now, wow. but that's not accounting for the replacement level value that you get while he's out. Do okay. you have, okay, that's interesting. Do you have, um, cause you were saying this earlier, do you have what his projection would base him out as far as a hitter? You know how you said, uh, adults would be the 52nd hitter based on the numbers he's putting up. What hitter does that put him in line with for the bat? Uh, the bat has him 165, but again, it should be better than that because you can add some, you know, just some replacement appearances from whoever you're going to play instead of him for a couple. So what what, what works in that favor is interesting is I just saw a couple people post that he was starting to go in the 200s and getting around 210 because I've got him in, I think like 120, 130 range is where you start to look. And then to your point, maybe you add a replacement player. Maybe the totality of him is like the 100th overall player or something like that. And I should note these numbers that I'm saying, these are strictly, uh, strictly hitters. So it's not, it's not apples to apples with ADP because pitchers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that actually probably, you know, would probably put him around like two, yeah, yeah. 240 or something like that would be more yeah. the range. So inside the top 200 is probably why uh, it sits there, Boggs. I got another question here about process, Cardi, and it's about uh, Yoshida and Sanga and uh, players coming over from a foreign league, uh, from a different country, whatever that is. What goes into projecting guys like that? Because we saw when Yoshida's numbers came out, everyone went nuts. He was like, you know, a top five hitter in baseball and stuff, according to steamer when those numbers came out. So what, what goes into projecting a guy coming over from a different foreign league? It's uh, it's very similar to how we project minor leaguers, but with even more uncertainty, which is always fun. Um, (laughs) You know, essentially we look at what he did in the league that he played in, which for Yoshida was, you know, overseas uh, we look at what he did relative to the competition there. We look at kind of how those sets generally tend to translate when players go from there to the major leagues. Um, I was, is there a ranking for you on those Cardi? Like that would, is triple a better than the Japanese league or is the Japanese league better than, or, or is that, I I would say roughly Japan is like triple a Korea is like double a. Okay. That's fair. I got you. Um, sorry, go sorry. ahead. Finish your point. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I had just that thought prop. Yeah, uh, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, I was surprised as anyone to see that, um, especially because I mean, the bat doesn't project rookies to be this good. Like it's, it's very rare that it likes a rookie this much. Um, and it loves Yoshida. It has Yoshida as in terms of, <clears throat> in terms of real world value, it has him as like the 25th best hitter in baseball. Like, 
right now, which is just insane. Um, but that that's what it is. And, and Steamer likes him even more because Steamer likes rookies more in general. So like, <laughs> I guess he was really good over there and his numbers translate well. And, and we're hoping for the best. Um, you know, this one makes me laugh because it's like everyone's pissed when Gunnar Henderson is projected low, but everyone's <laughs> pissed when Yoshida is projected as one of the best hitters. Yeah, they're like, like whoa, whoa, what's happening? Why is this guy so, whoa, whoa, why is this guy so high? You get it from both ends. That must be the fun only party. thing, uh, <laughs> something I've been citing, and it's really rough, kind of maybe even stupid um, breakdown stuff. But like, if you go and take what Seo Suzuki did in Japan, and then you look at his production coming back. Yoshida's being given almost a one for one, which is my problem with him. Like Suzuki had 37 homers in upon and, and then he comes back over and hits like what 14 or whatever it was. He missed a little bit of time, but even if he hit 20, you know, that's almost a like four is a 40% or yeah, the 40% regression or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh batting average. He was like a 300 hitter, 317 or 310 or something in Japan comes back downs, whatever, 260, 270. But like Yoshida's being given this ability that he is a one for one guy. He stole like a couple bases over the last two years. He had a high batting average of 330 of over his last two seasons in Japan. And uh his homers, though, were like 21 each in the last two years. And there's not it doesn't feel like there's a lot of give. And I, I don't know if there's anything in that where you look and you could take like what happened with Suzuki and translate it over. Yoshida's obviously a little bit of better hitter. But the power numbers don't really regress. The stolen base numbers almost seem to come up a little bit. That's my take on it. And we're all playing a little bit more of a guessing game more than we are even are in minor league players uh, coming over from Japan. But looking at a track record of someone we had recently and believing that it's almost a one for one, I guess was kind of my difficulty with why those big numbers are coming up with Yoshida. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think it's important not to get bogged down in in the recent guy, like obviously Suzuki's the easiest one to compare to because we just saw him, but he's not the only one. Uh, we have seen others and and there are going to be other kind of adjustments involved with this. I can't speak to it any more than that, really. Um, I don't think it's quite one for one. Like, yeah, he hit 21 home runs last year. The bats projecting him for, I think, 16. Yeah, He had a 336 batting average. He's projected for like 280. So there, there is drop off expected. Um, it's also worth noting that when you look at the final projection on Fangraphs for him, uh, he's playing for the Red Sox. He's playing in a really good hitter's park. So you're also going to get a little bit of that boost too. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I was I was surprised to see him project this well. But that's why we have a projection system to be objective for us. You know, I'm not trying to project a guy by hand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 12% K percentage, 10% walk percentage. It's fascinating. It really, really is fascinating. Um, one more before we get to the what we're kind of calling the Cardi specials here of some of your favorites and some uh, just some other intangible ones. Bogman kind of picked this out, and I thought this was really interesting. And this is a we're just kind of like overarching this. Almost every projection on pitchers from the bat has them at the highest in ERA and lowest on inning pitches, uh, innings pitched, quality starts, and Ks. So in theory, is like is this by design? Um, and it really kind of come, I have a secondary question with this, but obviously I know this is what the numbers spit out, but like, I don't know if you've noticed any trends that uh, based on every single projection system, how, not maybe one for one, but most pitchers highest DRA lowest, every other intangible stat. Yeah. So <clears throat> this is just going to come down to how every projection system is projecting 
the league run environment, which we're all throwing darts. We have no idea. The ball changes every year. Last year, they used three different balls. Like we have no idea. So right now um, I, I will, this is the kind of thing that I tend to dig into more as we get closer to the season. Right now, the bat is just using a basic weighted average of the last, you know, whatever it is, three years or so of baseball. It's saying, you know, this much last year, this much the year before, this much the year before. That's the run environment for 2023. Um, And it's projecting everyone based on that run environment. And I have no idea if I should toggle the the weights differently. It's a complete guess. Um, I'm not going to bullshit anybody. It's a complete guess. Um, So clearly the bat is projecting a higher run environment than everybody else. And that's, I think that's, that's right though, right? Because of the rules, shouldn't uh, shouldn't there be? I oh, mean, more pitch, run clock, scored? pitch yeah. clock is lower. Well, the whole point of all of these rules is to increase scoring, right, and make the games quicker. Obviously, except uh, you have multiple ballparks that are trying to become better pitching environments. I suppose in theory, a humidor. There's, there's a couple places moving the, the walls in though. Yeah, but then so, you got every every. Isn't it like majority of the ballparks are trying to institute humidors, so that's going to like track the ball I down mean, the a little bit. That was last year, year. And that, that's a different discussion, which I I don't want to get into on this. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I think you don't want to do another thirty minutes on humidors, Cardi. Yeah, on, I think fun. all three of the parks though are um, projecting a little more hitter friendly or neutral. Uh, uh, Rogers Center, Mets, um, Comerica. I think they're all. Uh, basically moving the fences in and then the walls might be going up like in Rogers center and, and maybe Comerica. I can't remember, but um, so that might be a little bit part of it too. Um, but really I think more than anything else, it's just kind of coincidence. Just, just the okay. the way it's being projected now in terms of the counting stuff, the lowest in innings pitched, like that's, uh, I don't project innings pitched, you know, they're, okay. they're coming from ATC quality starts and wins and all the counting stats. They're based on those. So they will be lower if the innings are lower. It wasn't like every pitcher, but it was like 70% that I looked at. And it was just, you know, I was going over the major guys, not every single one, but it was relievers too. It was like, you know, bat, the bat would be high in ERA. Whip, whip was kind of the same. So whip, you're in there, 0.1.2, you're above, below, whatever. Uh, but strikeouts were low, innings pitch were low, and quality starts, you just, you, you're not handing them out. So that, that was, and it was funny because I looked at ATC, Steamer, and the bat and the bat had very low quality starts. Steamer had way too many and ATC was in the middle as you would project it, you know, as you would think because they are an aggregate. So it was just kind of interesting the way that the quality starts work too. So it was just kind of one for one. I did. I, I thought it was because of the, the changes in the rules. I thought that was no, be maybe I'll luck into being right because of that, but I haven't found it for yet. <laughs> uh, all right. So the Cardi specials box, I'll let you do these top two. I'll do the bottom two. Yeah, I, so so Cardi, uh, just who are the most overrated picks so far on the Bad X, and who are the most underrated according to the Bad X right now? Yeah, so it's always going to depend on like where, like what kind of tier you're drafting from. Um, but a couple of the guys that stuck out to me that people will probably be upset for me saying, so I'm going to say them. Uh, Vinny, Vinny Pasquantino is overrated. Uh, Hunter Green looks overrated. Tony Gonsolin looks overrated. Ooh, okay. So talk about Vinny was definitely one that you, um, you rained on the parade of a lot of people. People got very excited seeing the steamer projections. Obviously what he did too, he had a pretty high home run to expect a home run differential as well. Makes lots of good contact. Doesn't strike out walks. There's a lot of good things that are in there in the, even what he did in the shortened stint of the season steamer came out and people were like, 
let's go let's go and then bad x came in and it was just like this snl skit of debbie downer it was like (laughs) and people were upset about that what uh is there any anything you can add to the conversation around the overratedness of any pasquantino I mean, a lot of it is just comes down to he's a young guy. He didn't even have 300 plate appearances last year. So a lot of his projections is going to come from minor leagues. Steamer's more aggressive on minors than, than the bat is. That's just the way it is. The bat is also, it accounts for stat cast data. And it really doesn't love what it sees. Like, I think the stuff that people are going to see, they're going to go to a stat cast page, this is a savant page, and they're going to see, oh, he's got a high, high exit velocity, you know, 90, 90th percentile exit velocity. But when you dig into the more advanced stat cast stuff, uh, a lot of his stuff like, isn't that good. Like his barrel percentage is 66th percentile, which is fine, but it's like, it's not great. When you look at other versions of exit velocity that tend to be predictive, like his exit velocity on fly balls was only 61st percentile. His percentage of balls that he puts in the air at hundred miles per hour or more is 38th percentile. Um, his, uh, his launch angle on his hardest hit balls is 15th percentile. That's not good. Um, so like people want, or people see what they want to see, but there are red flags, especially if walls are coming up, got to get that launch angle up. Let's go. All right. So those were your overrated. What about uh, the underrated, underrated guys? Yeah. yeah. The guys that you are drafting Cardi, <laughs> the guys uh, that you do respect. So, who are those guys? Yeah. Well, so we have I mean, your favorites, but these are what the bad X says are the underrated. Then yeah, we're going to have Cardi's favorite. I'm picking out like there, there's more, but these are ones that thought were interesting so like DeGrom we talked about DeGrom projects as the best pitcher this year and he's like the 12th pitcher off the board or something like super egregious like that um the bat's second best pitcher I know he's a sixth pitcher off the board but still uh the bat's second favorite pitcher this year is Carlos Rodon and he is the 13th pitcher off the board um so that's that's really interesting that's very interesting too considering like one of the the ballpark factors uh, had me like a little bit worried going into new york as well that it's interesting to hear that worry some people one of the things that is working in his favor that people are not going to realize is the yankees have the best pitch framing catchers in baseball both of their guys are super elite so that's going to help yeah from i like that point yeah get trevino back there Okay, yeah. um, so then now let's go to your favorites. Uh, your favorite, a uh, couple of your favorites at Badex spit out as far as hitters. So these are guys that, uh, again, it's kind of maybe similar to the underrated, overrated, but these are your favorite hitters from the Badex, and we'll do the pitchers. Yeah, in terms of like kind of high-ish end guys, uh, Brian Reynolds and Kyle Schwarber look really good. In terms of like more mid to late type guys, um, the Bat really likes Taylor Ward. Uh, it likes Yandy Diaz. It likes Avisel Garcia later in drafts. Uh, so those are a few names. Taylor Ward has definitely been getting a big boost. I saw, uh, I can't remember the Twitter account, but it was just like anybody tweeted about Taylor Ward and he just threaded out like every, it's like Eric Cross, Chris, everybody's <laughs> tweeting stuff out about Taylor Ward on how he did on the back of the, the year. Uh, very is, can you expand on really, if, if there's anything you can on Taylor Ward and Kyle Schwarber on what it really loved, um, as far because the batting, I mean, obviously, you know, the things to like about Kyle Schwarber, but the batting average was such a problem. I'm curious at what boosts back up Kyle Schwarber as well as, uh, Taylor Ward. I think part of it is that people, especially in like NFBC are reluctant to take guys like Schwarber where they should, because they don't contribute in stolen bases. You know, he doesn't. He's a batting average liability, but maybe less so with the shift. This is this it likes him even before we account for that, and he might get a boost because of that. So, I think that's really all it comes down to a Schwarber, and just his power is just insane, and it just keeps getting better. Um, Taylor Ward, 
Um, you know, it, he had kind of a small sample 2021 where a lot of his peripherals looked pretty good. And he basically did the same thing again this year. And so the bats kind of just like ready to buy into it. Like his barrel percentage was 88th percentile. His launch angle on his hardest hit balls was 74th percentile. You know, his max exit velocity was 81st percentile. Like he's just, he's just doing some pretty good things and he's in a really, really sneaky, good home run park. Like angel stadium is one of the best parks in baseball for power at this point. Interesting. All right. Uh, now the pitchers, your, um, your favorite, the Cardi special favorite bad X spit out pitchers for the year. Um, I mean, obviously we, we mentioned DeGrom, Radon, um, a little bit lower down, uh, Nestor Cortez, the bat seems to really like, um, you know, a bit more than, than ADP does. And then in terms of kind of like a late flyer sleeper type guy, I uh, really like Zach Eflin. Ooh, Zach okay. Eflin. Zach Eflin. Like yeah, the changes are there. Um, you're off the hot, hot seat. You got it. You got it, Cardi. Uh, do you want to you want to publicly do a heel bit and you want to do a, a wrestling take on any other projection system? Like, hey, listen here, brother. Listen here, ATC. Ariel, I'm coming for you, brother. You want to call out anybody? Want to start any other fights? Or are we good? No, I've started enough fights for one week. <laughs> I love it. What do you got going on, man? We were talking off air. Um, the, the bat has, obviously you guys can check it out over at Fangrass. You can see the bat and the bat X. There's an in-season product, which I believe is over at Roto Grinders. You also have a gambling product is out there. So why, why don't you give a plug to, uh, obviously maybe first focus on this in-season draft stuff. I know you got some updates coming in, but then plug everything that people should know. Yeah. So, I mean, you can find the bats projections, uh, for your season long leagues free over at Fangrass. uh, during the season, uh, in-season projections will update their rest of season, uh, if you play DFS, there's a subscription package over at Roto Grinders. That is awesome. If you're sports better, there's a package over at EV Analytics. That is awesome. And uh, there's some preseason stuff over at EV Analytics for free, uh, specifically like the Bats win totals. Like, you know, the the Mets are projected for like 85 wins and Vegas says that they are going to win 95. So like maybe you want to bet the under on that at your, you know, your sports book in your, your legal. Free bet, game. you guys. Yeah, that you got right here. Well, we were talking about this off air. Frank uh, Amarant, I believe it is, had posted a tweet about this um, with really all your projections on there. And it showed, you know, based like it was the Pirates had the biggest differential on a positive side. The bad X was projecting 73 and a half wins and Caesars had them at 65 and a half. That was an eight win differential. And then on the negative, the Mets were the number one biggest difference of anything with an almost 10 game differential as the bad X had projected 85 versus 95 that was on Caesars. So a really cool extra way that you can use some of this stuff in your uh, in your betting. And what better way to make Reds and Pirates games better, right? Than to bet a win total on them and then you're rooting for them every night, a boring Reds versus Pirates game or that is you know, a really Pirates good whatever. Yeah, yeah, it, it honestly it makes you a Pirates fan for the whole year and it makes their games so much more enjoyable. I yeah, that's a great point. And, and you can do that for a bunch of crappy teams because a lot of times the crappy teams are the ones that you're going to find the most value on. Like some of the best value is on the Pirates, the Marlins, the A's, the Reds. Like those are the ones you want to be betting the overs on. Yeah, not the A's. I don't I'm know not if anything can make an A's game. No, there's zero chance. I don't care what. That projection could be a 20-game differential. I'm not betting the A's. Any of these others I definitely can get down with and have some fun. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at Derek Cardi. 
my friend, thank you for hanging out with us, uh, talking some projections, uh, giving a little bit of insight into what goes into it and some names for everyone to look out for. And uh, we look forward to hopefully we, talk to, we need to talk to you sooner than our yearly one, but you're a busy guy. But thanks for taking time out for us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And that is the episode. Very good. Very good stuff. Cardi's, a, like I said, a great sport. And we were chatting about stuff like before the episode and everything like that. And there's a million questions we could ask. And I know people would, but there's only so much we can pack in. But I feel like we covered. What, what is we, we fancy math? Is fancy my question. Math. What is fancy about, math? Is that the one what has numbers in it and letters? Uh, underrated, overrated, all of the stuff. Enough, enough good little tidbits that are going to be out there for people to uh, to check out and make sure you go and check. I'm going to check out his. Yeah, I was telling you the EV analytics. Or I was telling him the EV analytics sounds really interesting to me on the betting side. And there's some really cool stuff out there that they've already got. If you want to jump in uh, just a tiny bit early. Oh, friends, uh, you can still see I'm battling this cold thing. It's never going to go away. Sounds so hopefully I sound. Though. Does it? OK, good. I yeah. listened to my recording today on the athletic with or the race and barrels one. And I was like, eh. You can't then, do that when you're sick because if you Jesus. are sick yourself, anyone that records anything, you sound like you're pinching your nose to yourself every single yeah. time that your nose is stuffed up. That's what you sound like to yeah, yourself. You don't actually sound like that. You sound like a dude with a cold, you know, it's just worse uh, than ever because it's like uh, some very nice. Some people had some nice things to say about like, you know, I'm I'm a lot of places right now, but it's like it's bad when I sound like this. I'm like everywhere. And I'm like, like, hey, everybody, you know, like I can't keep doing that. I got to I got to shake this thing sometimes. So hopefully it's going to happen soon because next week camps are opening up. I'm already making my plans. On got to get out among the days. people. Going to get out amongst the players and all the people. So that is the plan for some of next week that I'll be getting. Uh, the rest of this week, we've got a mock draft on Yahoo. Yes, Yahoo Sports is open. And that is going to be happening. Uh, 6.0, mock draft 6.0, a head-to-head -head on the Yahoo. So be on the lookout for that. Next week on Monday, we have got uh, another Twitch uh, episode, twitch.tv slash in this league, where we're going to be doing our uh, underdog best ball draft, hopefully. And make sure you're following the Twitch as well when we're doing all of our stuff. Our Friday uh, wheel episodes. We got some gaming episodes. One of these days, our, our Thursday just got kind of rattled, but we're going to be playing uh, through the Super Bowl. We're also talking about doing some other game plays. And MLB The Show will be happening here very soon as well on our channel. So if you want all the silliness and craziness, Bogman and I are also going to be doing on our one a week is going to be kind of a game week. But we might also be doing Fantasy Jeopardy, which the video is officially on our YouTube. Finally, youtube.com slash in this league. We're also talking about doing a um, how would I it's not a snack draft. We could do a snack draft, but like Ooh. a snack breakdown show uh, once a month on the Twitch and a whole bunch of other cool things. So follow twitch.tv slash in this league and this league.com for the Patreon, which we hope we're there. And I don't know. Just stay with us. Don't. Yeah, don't don't give up. Uh, how about this? How about this? We'll announce uh, a new secret show coming uh, in the next month. Got to Oh, we're going to do a secret show on the Patreon. Yeah. We Bogman, you've been yeah. fiending for it. So, all right, we'll do that. Yeah, we we'll we'll do all that full, cool, fun stuff. So follow us on Twitter. Is it the Welsh Bogman sports? You know where to find just reach out to the stars and you'll find me somewhere in the face fantasy baseball world. You know where to find the Bogman. We are out of here. Thank you guys. And we'll talk to you in the next episode right here on in this league. Peace. So you. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. 
sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.